Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. What we want to talk about in this series is relationships. It's not just about marriage. Uh, there are some principles that will help our marriage, but it's also in our relationships with each other, our relationships with the Lord, relationships with our family. So these principles can be translated not only in a marriage setting, but in your life setting, if you'll follow some of these things that we talk about today. Now, we have learned a lot in our lives, in the seasons of our lives. We've been through the different seasons. We've been through those nights where you stay up all night with a little baby, and then the growing years. We made it through the teenage years. We survived that uh, and we made it through all those areas and now we're empty nesters uh, it's not so bad it's not so bad we enjoy the time together and just whenever we want to go off and do something on our own we just we don't have to ask anybody we just go matter of fact not long ago on a Thursday we said hey let's drive over to Jacksonville to Ikea of all things we just took off and went we didn't have to ask anybody but anyway uh, we do things like that and it makes it fun so we uh, know that marriage is work, any relationship is work, but it's work worth doing, it's worth work having. And so what I want us to do is to look into that today and the goal is for your marriage or your relationships to be strengthened so that you can get along and work in unity and move together as the spirit leads and just enjoy life and create so many great memories. The term power couple has been around for a long time, but I think probably in the last few years, because of social media, we've heard it a lot more frequent than we used to. And it's sort of for individuals who have linked up with someone else maybe that was important or famous and together that they've become a couple. So let me go back and I'll even go back old school for some of us. I'm gonna call out some names and you tell me who the other party is. Uh, Fred Astaire. Y'all did good on that one. Lucille Ball. Okay. Prince William. I am so glad y'all got it. The first, the first crowd, they just went blank. <laughs> did not know that Kate, the prettiest half of that duo. Okay. All right. Harry and... There you go. My favorite. Frank and... Marie. Everybody else Raymond. You got it? Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Frank and Marie, they are the greatest. They are wonderful role models for all of us. Yeah. But in pop culture, they even assign names. Do you guys remember when uh, it was Brad and Angelina and they called them what? Brangelina? Yeah. And it was Jennifer and Ben and it's Benifer and we'll give that one a few more weeks. Um, and that'll be like the rest of them, you know. Uh, but it's even cute nowadays when people get married. How many of you had a hashtag when you got married? Y'all had a hashtag? Okay, the rest of us, we old, okay? We are old, or either you guys are young and you're planning a wedding and you're trying to come up with one. I text Taylor Stanley and I ask her, hey, what is your hashtag for your wedding? And she said, we still don't have one. So guys, we've got between now and October to help them get a hashtag so that they will be popular and they will be with it. Um, I did Google and there are 
all kinds of websites. You can even pay money and they will help you find a hashtag, okay? But if you'll see me afterwards, I'll do it for half the price, okay? <laughs> so, but I guess if we would have had a hashtag, we could have been the darty party. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we need to do it all over again so we can be the darty party. There you go. Okay, we would have been really cool, okay? <laughs> darty party. But I think what happens sometimes is we get celebrity couples mixed up with power couples. Most of these people are celebrities and there's no guarantee that their relationships survive. Most of them don't last but a few weeks, maybe a few months. But a true power couple, I think, is when it is two people that are committed to each other. It's two people that cover each other's flaws. It's when one person is down and the other person picks them up. It's that type situation. It's two people that understand that they have got to have the power of the Holy Spirit in order for their relationship to really survive and for their relationship to thrive. And when all those components come together, then there's that power behind the relationship. And then that's when you are totally on the same page and that's when you can do great and mighty things. Absolutely. You know, Pastor Travis has always taught us that in a couple's relationship, the closer each of you get to God, the closer you'll get to each other. So this series is designed for us to realize that if we will put God in the center of our lives, our marriages, our relationships, then God can use our relationships and he can draw us closer together. So we're talking about power couples, not as described in culture or on social media because those will fade depending on uh, uh, all kinds of different things, how many followers or lack of followers or crazy things things that are being done. So a matter of fact, you can turn on the TV if you have this last week or this next week to court TV. There is a power couple that is uh, having a tough time right now. They're airing all their dirty laundry out for the world to see and to know about. They have audio tapes. They're just bashing one another. And all of a sudden, what was known as a power couple in culture's eyes or Hollywood's eyes is now a couple on, on the brink of just disaster. They've lost everything. And so when you look at what we want to talk about as a power couple, we want to talk about those people that we can draw inspiration from, especially out of the Bible. And we'll be talking about a couple today, but we want to present those couples who put Christ in the center of their life. They let the Holy Spirit guide them and direct them. So if you are in a relationship, you're married, or you're pursuing a relationship and uh, you're, say if you're dating, dating someone now. Let me just say this, to be careful who you date because they could be your mate. In other words, the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. So find that person that is following after God. Pastor Travis says, don't find that person that completes you. Uh, you are completed in Christ. So as you both follow Christ, then God will work in your lives and your relationships. Now I'm proud as I look over this congregation to see so many people I consider a power couple. That means that you're living for Christ, you're having your family in church, you're doing what you need to do to follow after him and his commandments, and God is using and blessing you. So I'm so grateful. Would you just thank the Lord for all our great couples that are in the house today? So now on the very outset of this message series, understand this, we're not talking about perfect couples. There is no such perfect couple. We all have challenges. We all suffer through things in our lives. We all have um, 
relationship goals. We all have aspirations, but then we also have struggles to reach those goals because life is life. It just happens. Life brings happy moments. It brings sad moments. It brings trying moments. And then it brings what we're going to talk about today is those suddenly moments that happen all of a sudden, out of nowhere usually, and all of a sudden you find yourself having to deal with something that you hadn't planned on dealing with in your life. So we're going to talk about that today. Now, we're going to talk about Abraham and Sarah today and their story, and we'll understand some of those moments in their lives where suddenly they were faced with something, a trial or test, and how did they handle that? How, how, how did their faith get them through those things? So we read about that in Genesis 18 and 18. Rhonda, will you read that? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him." Now, when you read about Abraham, you start in Genesis, use around chapter 17 or so, you could read his life. It's a great study of, of his life. We see where he was a righteous man. He obeyed the commandments. He loved the Lord. And for this, God chose him that he would call him out to be the father uh, of many nations. Uh, we see in the scripture where he is called the founding father of a very special relationship between the Jewish people and God himself, the chosen people. Uh, we call him Father Abraham. There are kids' songs about that. You know, when God came to Abram, which means father, he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, which means father of multitudes. He said, you're not only just going to be a father, you're going to be a father to multitudes. And through you, uh, I'm going to bless the world. And we see later in his lineage that Christ comes from this lineage through Abraham and through Isaac, his son. So we see where God chose to use him. But now, like with us, sometimes in life, we may be in God's plan. But we don't really see the fullness of his plan. We may get a little impatient in his plan. And even some points, we may try to help the Lord along. So in the life of Abraham and Sarah, we see exactly that. They didn't do everything just right, but they remained faithful. And that's an important lesson for us. And in the life of Sarah and Abraham, and in their journey, we see that they experienced and suddenly moments. Um, those are those moments that happen in life that maybe we're not a little prepared for. These are moments that happen beyond our control. Some of those moments can challenge our faith, but some of them also can prove our faith. And those and suddenly moments that occur and happen to us, they're going to happen to everybody in this room. Right. Regardless of your age, you're going to have those suddenly moments that are going to happen. Probably some of you guys right now are little thoughts are going through your head of an and suddenly moment. It was a, and suddenly he was down on one knee. Even though I had picked out the ring and picked out the location and suddenly he was on the ground. And some of you are probably thinking, oh, I had an and suddenly moment. I picked up the phone and I'll never forget that phone call for as long as I live. 
Some of you are probably thinking about others and suddenly moments that happened. Maybe it was a job that was terminated. Maybe it was um, news about a loved one. And those and suddenly moments are those that stay with you forever. Some of those can blindside us, but some of them can also build our faith. The word suddenly is mentioned 88 times in the Bible, and that's just the one word suddenly. Now, unexpected and other words that really have the same meaning, they are mentioned multiple, multiple times. So God knew that this word suddenly was going to be an important part of our life, so he placed it in scripture. Now, many times our and suddenlies that happen can be life-altering. But what surprises me is not that people encounter them, but that we are surprised when we do encounter them. But God said that these moments are gonna happen to everyone. In the scripture, we see where it says, the angels suddenly appeared to Mary. And then it says that the two men were walking and suddenly Jesus appeared. So there's gonna be those suddenly moments that happen to all of us. And these moments are just as part of life, like breathing and sleeping and eating, they're gonna be with us and some are challenging and some of them are great. Um, I can guarantee you that no one's going to ever make it through this life without those and suddenly moments. That's right. Every marriage will have those suddenly moments in them. Uh, some of them are welcome. As Rhonda said, we may have something wonderful happening, having a child, a job promotion, reaching financial goals and those things. But then some of those moments will be challenging. Uh, sickness or loss, death, loss of a job. And whatever the situation, there's usually two questions that we ask and we want to try to help answer today. One is why? Why has this happened? And the secondly is how do we deal with them? So when it comes to these things that happen, circumstances, suddenly moments, we all obviously want to know why has this happened to me? Why did this happen? Uh, Dr. Tope was with us in our small group one, one week and we were talking about the different things in life you go through, challenges. And he said, you know, why is not the most important question we can ask? What next is the most important question? Because the why you can't really do much about, but what next? And so we hope that today we can learn a little bit about ourselves, learn about our situations and learn about these moments that happens in our lives. Because you see, if we deal with our adversity the wrong way, it can leave us confused, cynical, angry, bitter, and pushing further away from God. But if we deal with them in the right way, it can make us stronger and better. And it can create within us a, a healthy atmosphere, a healthy life in ourselves. Okay, so let's look at the first question. Why do we experience the tough stuff? Our and suddenlies can occur for several different reasons. But the first one we're gonna look at and talk about is those that I would probably say are self-inflicted. Um, I'll give you a hypothetical. 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 Hypothetical, you, you sure? You probably okay. don't know this person, okay? All right. Okay, um, you hit the snooze button maybe like one time too many, and so you're headed to work maybe like down Moffitt Road, or it could be another road. Um, and so hypothetically, you, hypothetically, and so uh, you're going down the road, and and suddenly you see these uh, real pretty blue lights just flashing in the rearview mirror, and um, I think that's probably one of those self-inflicted 
And Probably. Yeah, I would say that's self-inflicted. Yeah, not, not that that would have happened, but uh, to anybody we know. Um, but suddenly you have spent more that morning than you will make in that day. So, oh, I've got another good one. And this was a true story. That, sure? This okay. was really true. Okay. I'm really afraid true. of this one. It's, this one's really true. Okay. I can tell this story now because everything's fine and, you know, everybody's happy. Okay. A few years ago, I was at home on a Saturday uh, being a wonderful wife and I was cleaning the house. And uh, I was thinking, oh, I can't wait. It's almost lunchtime. I'm going to be finished with this house. I'll spend the rest of the afternoon doing what I want to do because Andrew was at the farm and working on one of his 584 projects. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be finished by lunchtime and I'll have the rest of the day to do what I want to do. And suddenly, and suddenly, the phone rings and I look down and it's Andrick's number. Well, we all know that this man is just a little too calm. I usually have to check every few days to make sure he still has a pulse. Um, but he sounded really excited on the phone. And the next thing I hear is, hey, um, do you think that you could call and get a plastic surgeon or some type of surgeon to meet me at the closest hospital? And could you tell me where the closest hospital would be? I've just shredded two fingers and I think I'm going to need to have a, a plastic surgeon meet me at the hospital like now. And I'm okay. I'm driving, but um, I'm okay. And, and maybe we can just uh, meet at the hospital and get this taken care of because I'm supposed to perform a ceremony, a wedding ceremony at 3.30 this afternoon. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not performing a wedding ceremony now. Now, honestly, 70% of the time, he is very good with power tools. Okay? Okay? Um, the rest of the time, we do a lot of praying. Uh, but that day, he had chosen to use a skill saw that did not have a guard on it. Well, you know, you take all your old tools that are broke to the farm so you don't have to buy new ones. So now he truly does this. <laughs> a lot of stitches later, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I still have all my digits, so okay. Well, you know, sometimes we put ourselves in these situations. We, we make choices that have consequences that we have to deal with. It may not be with power tools, but maybe it's when we're careless with our thoughts, careless with our deeds, careless with our actions. Maybe we say things that are hurtful uh, that have repercussions in your marriage, in your, in your relationships. Now, Abraham made a personal choice to try to expedite his situation. Uh, the Bible says that Sarah was barren. She could not have children, and she was up in age. She was in her 90s. Uh, Abraham was 99 or so, but even before this, uh, Abraham got a little impatient, and so he took his uh, handmaiden, Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar, uh, and had a child with Hagar named Ishmael. Now, he thought this would be uh, God's blessing on it, but it wasn't what God wanted. He was impatient. And because of this choice he made, it put him in all kind of and suddenly drama in their life. Basically, there was a lot of animosity now between Hagar and Sarah. 
You know, Sarah was to, to be the mother of the promised one, and now here she's not, and here you have Ishmael. And so we see where there was a lot of animosity there, even to the point where uh, Sarah, uh, she kicks Hagar out uh, of the of the family and clan and sends her on her way. The Bible says that Hagar uh, took Ishmael. Uh, they were out, and all of a sudden they were out of water, provisions, and they were at the point of death. Hagar takes Ishmael, lays him under a shade bush, and she leaves because she couldn't bear to watch him die in her arms. But then the Lord comes up to Hagar, and he reveals himself, and he says, go take him, pick him up. And when she looks up, there's a well that God had provided, and she, she, they nourish each other back to health. And he says, now go back to the camp. In other words, go back to where this problem is. Uh, it's still a consequence. You're just going to have to deal with it. So... We see where uh, God still promises a blessing on Ishmael through that. Now, let me just say this. I'm glad that in sometimes when I make choices that aren't right and I find myself in an unsuddenly moment that God still can redeem that. Have you ever experienced that? Maybe you've had something you've done in your life that was probably some of your own causing, but God still took that and he redeemed it and he still loved you through that. So, we have these and suddenly moments in our lives. You know, it's like uh, someone being all of a sudden surprised that their spouse has asked for a divorce, but yet they've had all these years of abuse and, and verbal abuse and, and not getting along. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, where did this come from? Or all of a sudden being surprised that our kids don't want to be in God's house, but then we forget about the years that we've talked about the people of God or the pastor of God or the all kinds of things around the dinner table. And then we wonder why they don't want to be a part of God's house or we just don't put a priority to bring them uh, to God's house. And so uh, we have these sudden moments and a lot of times they result simply just because of our choices. Yeah, we can have sudden results that are really from a decade of bad decisions. And it's sort of like it all compiles all at one time. Okay, another way of and suddenly moments that we have are those that bring about God's perfect plan. That's sort of those great surprises. Like if you open the mailbox and suddenly there's a check you weren't expecting, man, you beat it to the bank before your husband ever knows about it. No, not that Hypothetically. I would Hypothetically. All right. Hypothetically. But there are some and suddenly moments that happen in our lives that we love. It's those unexpected blessings and it's those sudden answers to a prayer. It's those life-changing moments. And God is still in the suddenly business. If, you're, if there's something that you've been dealing with or, or waiting for God to answer, hang on because he is a God of the suddenlies. And regardless of how long it has been, in uh, Genesis chapter 21, it says that Sarah and Abraham experienced this. It says God was faithful to fulfilling his promise to Abraham and Sarah. After years and years of waiting, Isaac was born. And I look around this congregation and I've known some of you guys for a long, long time. And I have been blessed to be a part of some wonderful and suddenly moments that have occurred. I will never forget, right, I could take you to the square of carpet right there where Linda Sammons and I prayed one Sunday evening. She so desperately wanted a baby. She was like Sarah and that she had done everything that she knew to do. 
and we prayed one Sunday night, and it was as if the Holy Spirit just confirmed that this was going to happen. And it was probably the first time in my life I had ever literally laughed in the altar. And we stood there and we laughed and everybody was looking at us like we were crazy. But we were laughing and we were worshiping and we were rejoicing. And this is honest to goodness truth. Two days later, she got a call about Isabel that a family had chosen her to adopt her baby. And what a blessing that that child has been. And then I think about, of course, my precious one right here on the front row. Y'all do know that I have another man on Sundays, okay? And I had to give him up today for this one, and it's okay, just for today, though. Um, I've had the privilege of being Lucas's Annie every Sunday since he was two weeks old. And now we have Sunday school. We've learned that the Lord is my shepherd. I sing a lot. He's not real crazy about that part. Um, Not crazy about that at all. He'd rather hear his mom and daddy. But I enjoy getting to spend that time with him. And I tell him every single week, Lucas, I can't wait to tell you what a miracle you are. I can't wait to tell you about how that all of these people prayed for years and what seemed like was one no after another. And suddenly God provided and what a miracle he is and how beautiful it is to see. And you know, it's amazing though that when God provides that and suddenly, even though it's been years in the making, it is amazing how you look back and you say, every day was worth it. Every single day was worth it. On a personal note, Andrew and I prayed for 2,212 days for one need. 2,212 days. Now, y'all probably don't count, but I'm like, Lord, I'm keeping up with this, okay? 2,212 days. And on day two, I was really discouraged. And on day 200, I was discouraged. And on day 2000, I was discouraged. And on day 2211, I was like, God, I'm trusting you, and I'm sort of hanging on by a thread but I believe that you're going to answer this prayer. And suddenly, on day 2,212, the answer came. So don't give up and don't think that the answer is not going to come because God will do it. And sometimes it sort of catches us by surprise, even though we've been praying for it, even though we've been believing for it. And it just goes to show, you know, the Bible says that Sarah laughed when she got confirmation that God was going to meet the need. And so that shows that we're all human and we're going to have those times of doubt. We're going to have those times that we just don't know what's going to happen. But know that God is faithful and that the need and request of our family is going to be met by God. Amen. Hey, and also we see where God uh, moves in our families, in our relationships, even though we see, we make mistakes and we jump ahead of his plan. Uh, he takes those and suddenly moments and he makes something beautiful out of them. But what about those and suddenly moments that occur when we really don't see any good? How can any good come from this thing? 
you know, what is happening to me? How, how could anything good? Well, Abraham was faced with a very similar situation and suddenly it happened to Abraham and Isaac. Now, Abraham uh, has Isaac, uh, Sarah has Isaac in her old age. Abraham was a hundred. Um, then as he grew and uh, a little older, God spoke to Abraham about his promised son, uh, Abraham had been faithful unto God, faithfully, God faithfully delivered what he promised and given him a son. And then how could this happen to him? We see in Genesis 22, 1, that the Lord says, and it came to pass, and suddenly God tempted Abraham and said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and go into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering unto one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. Wow. God asked Abraham to take this precious son that they had waited so long for and now take him to be sacrificed. Now, I couldn't imagine the anguish and difficulty that must have been. I couldn't imagine the conversations that Abraham had with God, uh, all these things that were in his heart. I couldn't imagine what ran through his mind. How can I take my son go sacrifice him, and then I'll have to come back and have this conversation with Sarah and explain it to her. I don't think she's going to understand, you know? Uh, but somehow in his faith, Abraham knew that if God can give us a son at 100 years old and God can bless me with him, then God can make a way through this. So I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. I'm sure he didn't know the outcome. Maybe he had things run through his mind saying that if I did sacrifice him, God would raise him up because God is God can do anything he, he wants to do. And so he ran through his mind all the different things. And we see where in verse 8, when finally Isaac said, well, Dad, where is the sacrifice? We're going, we have the wood, we have the altar, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham simply said, my son, God will provide now, this gives us, you dads, you husbands, an anthem for your family to, to serve your family, to serve God, knowing that he will provide. God is our provider. God gives us what we need. This needs to be our family's mantra as we walk through life. Whatever we face, know that God will provide for us. God will see us through it. God will help us. So, and suddenly, the Bible says, a sacrifice was provided out of nowhere, in the thicket, there was a ram that God provided as he stopped Abraham from sacrificing. And the Bible says, God said, in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. So God kept his promise. And through Isaac, through Abraham and through Isaac, many, many nations were born. Many nations uh, of followers, of believers. And we see where Christ comes from this land. But we have those suddenly moments that happen that really kind of rock you and you shake you. November 20th of 2014, I was at the hunting camp where we have some land and I was building a little cabin, putting the finishing touches on it. I mean, I was literally putting the last handrail onto the steps and I was looking forward to Rhonda coming up and joining me and we were going to spend our first night there in the little cabin there on the lake and it's just a beautiful setting and it was just an ordinary day, ordinary work, no accidents, no, no, no power tool problems or anything that day. Everything was just perfect, a beautiful day and then I get a and suddenly call, a phone call 
and it's from Rhonda, and I recognized something was wrong in her voice, and I began to ask her what's wrong, and I, she was hesitant, didn't really want to tell me at first, didn't want to interrupt me, but finally she said, I just came from the doctor's office, I just had my routine mammogram, and they said something's wrong, they want to do a biopsy. Five days later, we're sitting in a little office um, with the doctor, her parents were sitting around, and the doctor just says bluntly, well, you have a very aggressive breast cancer. And uh, we were just taken back, didn't know what to do. It was just like, all of a sudden, my world changed, our world changed. You know, what, what does this mean? Uh, you know, here we're supposed to be enjoying our first night in our new little cabin, and all of a sudden, we're here. Um, and so the surgeon went on to, to talk to us. I mean, matter of fact, when they told us the news, they had already prearranged a surgeon. We had no idea. They said, we're going to take you straight upstairs, straight to a surgeon. It's like, there's no time to waste. And there wasn't. And so we went through there, and just a, a, a few weeks later, we were down in a battle that lasted for over a year, uh, and it was pretty tough for us. Uh, come to find out, Rhonda had been diagnosed with the BRCA1 gene that causes breast cancer, uh, and 87% chance that you would get it, and, and she did. And so we were through that journey, and as we walked through that journey, I can tell you this, we had some tough days, but I can tell you this, not once did I felt like God ever left us. I knew he was there because I knew what the word said and I knew that what the faith in God can do. So finally, after about a year, we get the results and we get a piece of paper that we were looking for. And on May the 18th of 2015, those NED, no evidence of disease. So praise the Lord that we were through that. So we had weathered that and suddenly and come through it. We still had a long journey to go with surgery and those kinds of things. But then we found ourselves just a few weeks later in another situation. She wasn't feeling well, went back to the doctor. We're sitting in the pulmonologist doctor's office and the lady I can remember just come and said, well, we see your x-ray. Usually when we see this, it means you got cancer. And we thought, okay, it's spread. It's in her lungs now. So we didn't know what to do. I still remember we left there. Uh, we were at a red light at airport and university just, just out of the doctor's office and I was quiet. I was really stunned and shocked. I'm like, God, you brought us this far. Why are we here? And I remember Rhonda just saying, well, say something. You know, I didn't know what to say, but we immediately knew the only thing we knew how to do. And that was to pray, call our family to pray and just put it in God's hands. So as we did that, we prayed, and, and, and after we got those results back, it was amazing that it was no cancer. And we were so thankful for that, and God provided for that. So uh, we share this story. Some of you know the story. You helped us walk through that journey, and you helped us in such a blessing to us. Some of you don't. You're new. But we share that to say this, that whatever you go through in life, God can take that and use it. We were talking just the other day. We went out to eat. And we were talking and we said, don't you think that everything that's happened in our lives has brought us closer together? And it has. God's used that and he's redeemed those things to bring us closer, not only together, each other, but to him. And because of that. So in a few weeks, we'll get to celebrate another year of, of uh May 18th will be another year of happy living day, we call it. And then a few days after that, we get to celebrate 39 years of marriage, 39 years. Uh, that doesn't seem like a lot when you consider Abraham had a child at 100. So uh, thank you, thank you. But now if I have a kid at 100, I really want you to clap, okay? 
So those suddenly moments are going to happen in our lives and they're tough to deal with. But know this, that God is always there at every moment. God is always there to be with us. Yes. Oh, and by the way, um, that week, you also have Mother's Day and a birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and an anniversary and a happy living day. Yep. Can all the ladies in the house say carrot patch? <laughs> I think that's a hint. <laughs> hypothetically, right? Hypothetically? No hypothetical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, or you can talk to Philip. He's really good at buying gifts. He's really good. You may need to talk to your nephew about that. Okay, so we're going to give you three things that have helped us navigate the and suddenlies of life. If you got a pen, grab your pen. You can write them down. Or if you're one of these techies, you can put them in your notes. Um, but we're going to give you three things that I think that have helped us in our and suddenly moments, the good the bad, the surprise ones, all of the different moments that have happened in our lives, these three things can be your constants, okay? Number one, recognize that the difficult times produce benefits, okay? Everyone, who, who in here wants to be used by God? How many of you want to be used greatly by God? Okay, let me just tell you, that means you're going to be tested deeply, okay? Because anyone who is used by God will be tested greatly and deeply. So get ready for it. It's going to happen. The minute you tell God, hey, anything you want me to do, I'll do it. The enemy is definitely going to hit you with some type of test. There will be an and suddenly moment that you are not expecting. But if you will stay true to what he has promised and stay true to your mission and your calling, you will produce benefits that you can't even imagine. My dad has always said in a million sermons, if God can't try you, then God can't trust you. And I believe that's true. Now James, and you can tell that it was a man that wrote this scripture and not a woman. James writes, consider it pure joy, my brothers, now, honestly, I think he could have used a different word than joy, okay? But James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And the word perseverance basically means staying power. So in other words, if you want a relationship with a spouse or relationship with God, there's got to be that perseverance. There's got to be that staying power that regardless of what's happening, that you are going to stay committed. You're going to stay true. So to be a power of couple, you've got to have that perseverance. And you got to look for that benefit. Uh, at the end of the first service, I was talking with a gentleman, uh, a great father of the church and uh, who I consider, you know, he was a power couple. His wife's gone on to, to be with the Lord. But he said, you know, the first year of our marriage, we separated. And I said, I didn't know that. And he said, yeah. But we, we stuck it out. We learned, we learned our lessons. And we had that perseverance. Uh, I think the thing that happens so time, many times in our culture is that we want to make it too easy to quit. Too easy to give up. Too easy just to say, well, let's just call it quits. We'll find somebody else. But I think the real benefit is sticking it out. Now, secondly, 
hunt for the treasure. Every trial and experience has a hidden treasure. We can't always see it at first glance. Sometimes we just have to dig for it, dig beneath the surface, beneath that purpose and, and that, that pain, find a purpose in it. You know, when Rhonda have, and I have been through some things in our marriage uh, and in our lives, just life, not necessarily just marriage, but life, uh, afterwards, usually, not while we're down in it, we'll see, oh, that's why God did that for me. Uh, God did that for us. So we find the positives in our circumstances and work on what is right. Don't dwell on what is wrong, but dwell on what is right. Don't be like the husband that was in marriage counseling and the counselor said, okay, sir, I want you to say one positive thing about your marriage. So he thought for a minute and he thought and he thought and he said, okay, I'll say something positive. I'm positive it can't get any worse. Don't be that guy. God can always take what you're in, the situation you're in, and you can always find that treasure. You may have to hunt for it and see that. Uh, God has put you together. God has amazing things in store for you. Okay, the third one is replace worry and fear with faith and trust. Now, is there any other ladies in the house that would say, in your DNA, there's just a little bit of worry and fear. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> it is in my DNA, worry and fear. But our adversity can be a bridge to our faith if we will replace fears and worries with the wisdom and the word. And I think that that's what's so wonderful when you are equally yoked in a relationship and that when there are times of worry and fear, now he could come along and say, you know, that's just dumb for you to worry about that. But he knows I'm gonna worry about it. But instead, when he comes along and he says, hey, let's sit down and let's look at this. Now, we've had faith for other circumstances and God's never let us down. We've trusted God in previous circumstances and he's never let us down. So it's going to be the same in this situation. So let's replace that worry and fear and let's start putting our, our faith and trust in him. And we know that when we do that, just like every other situation, he is going to transfer that into our lives and he's going to transfer another blessing along the way because we have chosen to have faith and to trust in him. And you know, that's what gets us through life, really knowing and looking back on the faithfulness of God, what he has done. So because God has done these things in our lives, we know that God can do anything. And when I look in this congregation, there are some of you that have faced things worse than us. You've, you've had some extreme loss and different things, but God has been faithful to you. And because he has, that gives us the assurance and hope that God can be faithful in the future. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.